Croeso Mawr, welcome to the Leanne Wood podcast. In this episode, my guests are Ellen Howell and Maleri Davis, who are best described as community builders. Ellen works for Cumni Bro Festiniog, a social enterprise based in Bro Festiniog, Gwynedd, which is a cooperative network of 14 independent social enterprises, all based in the Festiniog area. And Maleri works for Partneriaeth Ogwen, which does similar work in the Ogwen Valley, describing itself as a community benefit society, harnessing local natural resources for the benefit of our communities and environment. Croeso, Ellen and Maleri. What does community mean to you? Can you tell us about the cooperatives building work that you've done that helps to build communities? Maleri first. Yeah, Leanne. Well, to answer your first question, I think community means everything to me. On a personal level, I was brought up in Chausvenid, a very close-knit community. I've always volunteered. I've always felt part of, of my community growing up. And 16 years ago, I landed in Bethesda after living in Cardiff for a number of years and travelling then around the world for a while. And I landed in Bethesda, a very close-knit community again, started volunteering on various projects, and I now live and work in Bethesda, in the Ogwen Valley, serving the communities of the Frinogwen. And I feel privileged to be doing that. I feel privileged living in such a beautiful area with fantastic people, strong-willed, strong people. And I think the line of work I'm in, community regeneration, you have to cooperate, you have to work with local people. And we're lucky, really, we were a slate mining community with a strong tradition of cooperation and joint working. You know, the number of societies and clubs in the area, there's hundreds, really, of, of societies. And they all work together as well. In times of crisis, we're good that's coming together. So I'm very passionate about community in all its guises, really. And Ellen, what does community mean to you? Obviously, when we talk about community in the sense of society, we're talking about usually geographically placed. So somewhere that is an actual place geographically that has a population of a certain amount that have been there for a certain amount of time and have a relationship with each other. But we have loads of different types of communities, don't we? So we have people who create communities along expertise. So you might have a community of scientists that look at the same thing. You have people who build a community along religious lines, all kinds of reasons that we build communities along interest lines. You know, wherever there is that human relationship, we can have communities. But this idea of community is a really powerful one. It's something that drives us as humans to make relationships and that's what I would say a community is. The work that you've done in terms of building cooperatives is bringing people together. Cooperatives are about people owning the means of production. Why is the cooperative a, a good model for community work? 
Yes, definitely cooperatives are great and also social enterprises are great. And and one of the reasons that they motivate me to include them in work with communities is because they are exactly that. They're a way of democratising what we call community in the societal sense. So they're a way of democratising economy, they're a way of democratising those services that we deal with, how we are able to look after our most vulnerable, and it brings that community in. So, and it's self-selecting in a way. Um, so, if you want to be involved, you can be involved, and you can be, say, on the board of directors to a social enterprise, or you can be a volunteer, or you can hold shares in your local community pub. There are loads of different ways where you, as a member of your community, can be a really positive part of that community. And and for me, that's really exciting because that builds um, confidence in and of itself so yeah really exciting stuff with social enterprise and cooperatives mainly because of that democratizing element of it for me because it allows the community to take back control of, of what is rightly theirs to control their resources their life experience their most vulnerable people it's for them to control how those people are cared for and loved and, and enabled within their community you know Yes, exactly. Why are resilience and sustainability important to the communities that you know and important to the work that you do? Mileri. Well, Pat Marathoff Gwen is a, a social enterprise that develops three generation projects and everything that we do, we try to bring social, environmental, cultural and economic benefit. And that's mainly to kind of help our community to become more sustainable and resilient. So when we develop projects, we don't tend to work in an insular way. So I'll give you an example. We're we're developing uh, an economic project now at the moment, a shuttle bus service between Bethesda and Nantrancon, the mountains, where there's a massive parking problem. So we've looked at the issue. We've looked at what the King of Gwynedd and Transport for Wales and other public providers can do. But we've actually come up with an innovative solution, which is an electric run shuttle bus. The shuttle bus will be powered with Anyokwen PVs. So it's kind of keeping that income local in terms of the energy generation powering the service. But it's also bringing economic benefit to the area because, you know, people tend to travel through Bethesda, ignore the village and then just go up the mountain. So there's no economic benefit. So that's a project where we look holistically. We think, okay, how can we bring environmental benefits, but also economic benefits to the area? So hopefully we'll have more people spending some money on the high street in Bethesda, but we'll also be reducing carbon emissions. We think about it also in terms of economic sustainability. So when we take assets on board, we improve them in terms of energy efficiency, but we also make sure that they run economically, that we generate income. In terms of resilience, I should mention COVID. When COVID happened, our community responded quickly and efficiently. A week before the first lockdown in 2020, we'd managed to set up a bank of 100 volunteers to help self-isolating households, you know, help people get prescriptions and so on. And then also we collaborated with the private sector. So we had local businesses coming to us saying we're worried about our ability to deliver our produce during the lockdown. Can you help us? So we set up Cadwyn Ogwen. So that's an initiative to sell and deliver local produce. 
So that's an example really of us enabling or assisting our community to help each other in hard times. So that's helping individuals, but also helping local businesses. So it's working across sectors, not just focusing on the third sector, looking at how a social enterprise can help maintain and sustain a network of local businesses and get them to collaborate. Yeah, so it's interesting, really. Uh, Sustainability and resilience, I think it's key to any social enterprise's work. And it's certainly true in our sector as a community-led social enterprise. Ellen, why are sustainability and resilience important to you? So resilience and sustainability are two really um, important words in our discourse at the moment when we talk about communities. We here in Wales are communities, small communities usually, because of our dispersed population, that have existed forever. And we've existed in the face of everything. And we're very successful at being resilient. So, you know, that's something that we need to look at and think about, well, what is that resilience? What, what does that mean? What, what are the elements that come with that, that make our communities, communities that can withstand everything they faced for the last however many hundred years? So it's important because it allows us to go forward, even though maybe other elements of being in this place, in this community, are are less favourable. So let's say if I stay here in Kelly, where I am at the moment, if I live here and I want to get a job, I might be paid even £20,000 less a year than I might be even if I just moved to Cardiff or if I moved to London. We're looking at £40,000 maybe even a year for doing the work that I'm doing here in exactly the same way. And if anything, I have to have a greater variation of skills to do it here than I do to do it in a place like London. So, you know, my resilience to stay here, to have that connection with this community, to do it anyway, is a really important thing and it's a really interesting thing. And it's something that Cymru Bro have been looking into recently and they've been doing research, looking at this um, resilience, looking at this thing that ties us to our community that isn't the usual economic, you know, I stay here because I'm well paid, I stay here because the houses are nice, I stay. What else makes us stay even though maybe it's harder? So that research is really important and it links with research that's being done in Italy at the moment. And it's about changing the way we look at people who stay behind. We're conditioned, especially in Wales, we're conditioned to think success is over there, it's somewhere else, it's over the border, it's in the city, wherever it is. And part of that conditioning is the way we think about the people who stay behind. So it's not just successes over there. It's also you stayed behind, so you're not quite as good as Jack over there who went over the border or whatever. Thinking about our resilience and thinking about the people who stayed behind is as important, especially to the future of our communities as anything. And that's where this research is going. Why did they stay? What skills do they have? How do we fulfill their potential and take that further? We have a new project in Prothesina called Gwerthni. That's a project that is across, actually, Gwynedd in different communities. And that project will be bringing citizens' assemblies together to talk about exactly those elements. How does the um, environmental issues feed through the community and feed through everything that we do? Because in Prothesina and in the majority of communities in Wales now, we can't escape the fact that environmental factors are going to impact Malaria. In terms of self-sufficiency, 
I think we're lucky in Patnarathokwen in that we've managed to develop sustainable income streams. So we're not grant dependent. We've created sustainable income streams, which kind of keep that core team of staff. So in terms of those income streams, we've got the clerking services. So we provide clerking services to three community councils. We manage properties, so the rental income from those properties, that's a very important part of how we're funded. More recently, we've also been looking at providing consultancy services, but also bookkeeping services. So those bookkeeping services, at the moment, we provide that for the rugby club, Neadokwen, the local community arts venue, a local sex education company. So as a social enterprise, we look at the needs of our community. If there's a gap, we'll provide that service. But then clerking services, bookkeeping and rental income, that does bring in enough money to keep myself as a manager and then a team of core staff to kind of keep Partneria Thokwen up and running. Grants then, that's an added bonus. And we, we've got a three-year Differingwyrdd project. That's a project to alleviate poverty through environmental action. That has a team of, of eight staff now. And we, we do get a lot of grants, you know, over a million pounds worth of grants in the past year and a half. And that's a lot of money. So, yeah, in terms of being self-sufficient, I think people need to be thinking about sustainable income streams, especially with European funding disappearing now. I think we have to be providing services and being quite innovative in what we do. Obviously, here in Bethesda, the massive thing was the creation of Aniokwen. Aniokwen is a community hydro scheme. And Partnereth Ogwen led on the development of Aniokwen for the first three years. We also led on the community share offer, which raised just under half a million pounds worth of shares in, in two months. 85% of the members of Aniokwen are local people. They get 3% interest annually on their investment. So that money is reinvested in the local economy. And over the 20-year period of feed-in tariff, we will be creating just under half a million to be reinvested through grants to local organisations as well. So I think Aniokwen is a, a great example, really, of how communities can harness local natural resources for the benefit of their community. You know, it's a very exciting project, over 300 investors or members, as we call them. I'd say since developing Aniogwen, you know, our community's awareness and understanding of climate and environmental matters, it's increased massively. Maybe if you'd go back seven, eight years ago, we'd be very strong in terms of our Eisteddfod committees and history societies, but we'd never gone for developing an environmental project. So I think in that respect, Aniokwen has been a game changer, really. It's kind of given us the confidence to actually harness the power natural resources locally. And, and in Welsh, there's a Welsh saying called Troyrdur in Melinin Hinnain turn the water into our own mill. <laughs> yeah, so it's about harnessing local power. I do like that. Ellen, well, Wales is often talked about as a community of communities, and if we can create a network of self-sufficient communities, then there's no reason why we can't be a self-sufficient country. Why is striving to be independent important? 
one of the most important things that we have as a resource is our people. And one of the things that we can do is to ensure that we invest in skills building, in career development, in ensuring that those people who would go away to find work stay at home and are able to create the kind of lives that they need at home. It's not just sectors such as tourism that are extractive. You know, we've had our, our people extracted, so our skills base has reduced and people have moved to, you can't blame them, everybody does it, you, you've moved to where you can live the life that you want to live. And, and that's human nature and that's perfectly reasonable. But what we need to do is look at the foundational economy in a way of how do we ensure that we keep resources here and part of those resources are the people. So let's invest in that resource. Let's develop those people, develop those skills and, and ensure that they are the people at the top of the organisation or business, as well as the people in the middle and the people at the bottom. I'll talk personally now. I'll say it very clearly. You know, I'm pro-independence for Wales. And I believe that um, decisions should be made at the closest points, the effect of that decision as possible. So I'm not pro-independence for Wales because I want to have an independent nation and I want to have a flag and I want to have a seat on the UN. I'm pro-independence because I want the people of Wales to be able to make decisions that make their lives better. And I believe the people of Wales are the best people to make those decisions. So enabling independent communities is an integral part of that. And that's where my drive to work with communities comes from. Because I look around me, I see the people that I live with, I see their value and I see how wonderful they are, their potential, their ability to make decisions in their own lives. And, and I wonder why, why isn't that valued? What we need to do is enable our communities to be self-sufficient and to be independent enough that they just get out and do it. You know, it's that simple. What can people do to start projects? If people want to learn from your approach for their own communities, what can they do? Where do they start? My greatest advice, if you've got an idea about what you want to do, start talking. Start talking to everyone. Talk to everyone about your idea. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't worry about whether someone's going to steal it or anything like that. Just talk. Talk to your neighbours, talk to your local councillor, talk to the town council, talk to anyone you can think of. And in so doing, you'll find out what's out there. So you'll find out whether there are social enterprises doing something like this somewhere else. You'll find out whether there are groups that have kind of the same values as you, are, the same objectives and that kind of thing. And you'll start making links. And that's the most important thing, because if you want to succeed doing something on a community level, you have to have a community behind you and you have to do that groundwork to bring the community with you and excite people, get people on board. You know, if it's something that's necessary in your community, people will recognise that and they'll get excited and they'll want to help. And there's no joke. It's no joke. It's a massive amount of work, but it's definitely worth it because the community that you build then will sustain you when you want to have a break or when you life gets hard for you and you want to, you know, go, this is too much. You can do that. Your community is going to sustain you. 
and you'll step back in when you're ready and you'll step out and other people do exactly the same. There are definitely organisations that can help, uh, WCVA, Wales Cooperative Centre, Social Business Wales. These are all organisations that can help. In many areas in Wales, there are usually grant schemes run by maybe larger social enterprises or the community council that can give you that space to develop your idea and get started. There are also charities that do that same kind of thing. Unlimited is a charity that funds the individual. So instead of funding a social enterprise where you would have already had to have established a board they fund the individual for say a year sometimes more to develop that idea and get it going which is so important because it's what we don't have as social businesses is that pipeline funding because the risk is so great in starting off the business it's very difficult to get that funding right at the very beginning So any organisation that can give that to you, just make those links, register for everything, make those links, talk to as many people as you can. When you take your idea forward a little bit, you'll start thinking about how do I want to structure? And it's from that structure then that you'll develop a greater idea about how you're going to fund the project as well. But again, you know, you're looking at a space of time beforehand where you have to invest your time, your resource with no nothing coming back and no funding so getting as many people on board as you can at that point right at the beginning is going to help you it's going to help you get where you want to go and create create the community that you want to live in and that's the important thing to remember what advice do you have Maleri, for those people who want to learn from your approach to apply it to their own community don't ask for a toolkit <laughs> every community is different a lot of people ask ask us to give presentations about our work and we're happy to share our story. But I always say every community is different and every community will be starting from a very different starting point as well. We were lucky in Dyfryn Ogwen because three community councils came together to set up Partner Ogwen. So we've created a vehicle to deliver regeneration projects so that was a very good starting point for for us since then you know I started back in 2014 there was only me working two days a week and a clerk working two days a week eight years down the line we employ over 20 people we've got a bank of over 100 volunteers the number of projects that we've set up and delivered you know it's a it's a large number of projects look at your community is there a social enterprise there already could they be delivering this kind of work if not think about setting something up you can go to the wales co-op they'll help you with the constitution and everything and just kind of bring people together you have to be inclusive you have to kind of bring people together get them engaged yeah and just be positive and yeah and go from there Diolchihi, Ellen and Maleri, you've both given us a great overview of the work that you do, as well as good reasons for all of us to work on something similar. Thank you, not just for talking to me, but Diolch and Bopeth, thank you for everything that you do. Diolch I'd like to say Diolch to those who have helped me with this project. Diolch to the team at Audacity, the open source audio editing software used to make this podcast. Diolch to Nick James for the artwork. Diolch to Llewyn Stefan, the creator of the music. And finally, Diolch to all the podcast support and subscribers. I'm grateful to all of you. I'm looking for support to continue to make these podcasts. 
You can become a supporting subscriber by checking out my Patreon page. You have been listening to the Leanne Wood Podcast.